It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980, and it is time in all of those places because, well, it's the same show everywhere. For not my beat. Today's top story from the perspective of someone who's there. You are looking live. This just in. Not my beat. Today, we go to Detroit, where they are preparing for their second straight home playoff game, which is awesome, and we're excited about for the city of Detroit. However, we are, if we're being honest, with Lions senior writer Tim Twentyman, more interested in their offensive coordinator, who was interviewing tonight via Zoom for the commander's head coaching job. Tim, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for your time on a, on a busy Friday. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. So uh, I guess the, the first place we should start is this. Why is Ben Johnson everyone's favorite head coach candidate? Well, I mean, just look at the job he's done with Detroit's offense the last two years, and, and specifically the job he, he's done with, with Jared Goff. You know, I give uh, Ben a lot of credit. You know, when he was named the offensive coordinator before last season, you know, he could have said, look, this is what I do. These are my principles. This is my offense. These are my concepts. And, you know, everybody fit in. But that's not what he did. He invited Jared Goff in, and those two sat down and said, all right, Jared, let, let's look at things that you do well. What do you like? What don't you like? Now, obviously, Ben's got some principles. He's going to you know, just want to be a part of his offense, but um, they built that thing around what the quarterback does well, and I think that's, um, you know, that was a recipe for success. It, it allowed Jared to take ownership of the offense. He's obviously very comfortable in it. You look at his performance the last two years, Pro Bowl caliber um, you know, level at quarterback. And you look at this offense and they rank the top five in every major statistical category on offense. So, um, look, they're versatile. They can run the ball. They can throw it. Um, you stop one, it, it doesn't phase them. Um, he's very creative. He sets plays up. Um, and I think it's just uh, the last two years, um, he has shown that he's one of the, the, the brightest young minds in the NFL in terms of uh, offensive football. That sums it up. All right. Thanks, Tim. That's all. I mean, it really is, though. Like, that, that is just what you, you see if you watch the tape. Um, everything you hear about him is great. Um, and I want to get to kind of who he is behind the scenes in a second. But let's double-click on the golf relationship because I think that's the one that makes him so intriguing to so many Commanders fans is that we assume that whoever they get at quarterback will not be Patrick Mahomes, uh, former Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type, even Joe Burrow, you know, your top guy who could kind of play for anyone. It's going to be more on the golf level where you get someone who's probably pretty talented at the number two pick in the draft, but is going to need the right coach to develop them. So what has that relationship been like? Because we've seen golf absolutely flourish there in Detroit. Yeah, it, 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 it's been a terrific relationship. I mean, you just ask Goff, and, and he couldn't say more glowing things about um, Ben Johnson. Um, and again, you know, I think if you're Washington, and if that's where it ends up, um, you know, you get a young quarterback. It's just what I said about what he did with golf. He's going to sit down. They're going to go over the tape, and they're going to look at exactly what he does well, what he doesn't do well. And he's going to tailor an offense um, to, to, to make sure that he gets the most out of that quarterback position. We all know that's the most important position in football. You can't win without having one, and you can't, have, you can't win without having one that's playing well. And I think just Ben's track record, um, even when he was a, a, you know assistant coach, is it, just getting the best out of 
um, the guys in his room. And, um, you know, Jared loves him. Jared can't say enough great things about him. They have a terrific relationship. It's like they can finish each other's sentences. Um, They speak the same language in terms of the offense, how they see the game, what they're seeing on tape. And it's been a terrific relationship that's really benefited both guys and obviously the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, Tim Twentyman is with us, senior writer for the Lions, uh, preparing for the playoff game this weekend, which we will talk about in just a second. But I wanted to pick his brain on Ben Johnson on the day that Johnson has his virtual interview with the commanders. Um, You also mentioned there's kind of some principles that, no, like, no, these are my things. What, What are the things that Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator, offensive mind, believes in that will carry him or carry with him no matter where he goes? Yeah, versatility for one. I mean, you just go back to the week six game against Tampa Bay, this matchup that we're going to see um, on Sunday at Ford Field. That happened in Tampa. And, and look, Tampa um, does a great job with run defense. They're one of the top run defensive teams in the in, um, in, in the NFL. And those Lions didn't have Jameer Gibbs for that game. David Montgomery got hurt after six carries in the second quarter. And the run game really just wasn't you know going like, like maybe Ben would want. And so what do they do? They put it in Jared Goff's hands and throws for 353 yards, two touchdowns, and they went it that way. And I think that's the, the thing that you love about Ben is if you take one thing away, um, you know, he, 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 he that's not going to be just the one thing that he set up, that, that that's the go-to. I think the, the fact that the Lions are top five in passing and top five in rushing, they can hit you both ways. Look, they can run inside, they can run outside. There's really nothing they can't do offensively. And that's what you have to love about Ben. That's how he's going to set it up is you know, he's always going to have a, a counter to your punch. And, and um, you know, that's that's huge. Uh, when you're talking game plans and matchups for, you know, a weekly contest. In terms of kind of how the roster is set up and the way they play, I mean, one thing that I love about what Detroit has done is, like, it starts with, if you let us, we will run the football through your face. And then if you mm-hmm. are silly enough to, to actually – dedicate too many resources to that that's when we're going to hit you with the pass game and you know he takes advantage of every blade of grass i mean i do a podcast uh with logan paulson who played for kyle shanahan and and logan watches the tape and just can't believe that ben didn't coach under kyle because of how similar the the thought processes (laughs) seem to be um which is a hundred percent a compliment to ben johnson um but also i would i would ask because he is an oc that came in under dan campbell who's an offensive-minded head coach like how much of that running the football and kind of toughness mentality that they bring and that grit to use the word that is the the catchphrase up there is something that you can draw back to Johnson versus Campbell and, and even Brad Holmes, the GM who's also done a phenomenal job in rebuilding this Lions team. Yeah, you know, it's very much Campbell's offense, too. You have to remember he was in New Orleans under Sean Payton for five years as the assistant head coach before he came to Detroit. So but they played pretty good football there for, for a long stretch in sure. New Orleans, too. And with Alvin Kamara, it was kind of that same thing, right? They were able to run at you. But if you, you know, focus, if you put six in the box, you know, seven in the box, then um, Drew Brees and, and those wide receivers and would pick you apart. It's very much this, this, the same thing here. But, um, look, Dan Campbell was the play caller. Um, when Ben Johnson was the pass game coordinator. So, you know, they obviously worked very closely together. Um, but, but Ben has always talked about, too, um, you know, running the football is really key to him. You know, I think 
what he's able to do in the the outside zone, the inside stuff, and then with play action. I think that's really when when the Detroit Lions are able to run the football early, and now you put the play action stuff and some of the concepts and route trees that he's put together, some of the trick plays, the flea flicker that they've used a, a ton here. I think if you get the run going, that that's what Ben wants to do, and I think if, if you're able to do that, it opens up his entire playbook, and that's how they want to operate. So, you know, look, it, it certainly – you know, Dan with the toughness and, and running the football, that's what he's about. And that's how they built this offense to, to kind of uh, mirror that. But it's also very much a part of Ben's philosophy and principles as well, too. I think it's probably music to a lot of Commanders fans' ears because the whole appeal of this job is it's a blank slate. So understanding how someone's going to build it uh, is obviously pretty important to us down here in D.C. Obviously, the most important thing for you guys, though, in Detroit is Tim Twentyman, uh, the senior writer for the Lions, is with us. Uh, this weekend is this playoff game against the Buccaneers. Um, as you mentioned, they matched up already once this year. Uh, it was kind of a different game for the Lions, going super pass-heavy. How do you think uh, they, they approach it this weekend in terms of anticipating what adjustments Tampa will try to make to make the result different this time around? Yeah, at home, I think they're going to want to establish a run a little bit more than they were able to there. They're going to have Jameer Gibbs, like you talked about. He wasn't available because of a hamstring injury that first time around. They have a healthy David Montgomery. You know, that's, you know, arguably the best running back duel in the league right now, running behind arguably a top three offensive line. So that's where everything starts. I think that's what they'll want to do. I'm sure Tampa Bay will come in and, and, um, you know, try to stop that um, like they did pretty successfully um, in week six. Um, but just having your horses back, I think that's advantage lines. Obviously on the fast track at home in that kind of environment, I think is going to be great for them too. And, you know, one other storyline in this game too is, you know, not having Jameer, um, you know, losing Montgomery early, but they also didn't have their left guard, Jonah Jackson. Uh, Brian Branch, their terrific nickel cornerback, didn't play in the first game. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was hurt, didn't play in the first game. So the Lions are getting a lot of reinforcements back that they didn't have in that week six six uh, game that they won 20-6 to six and, and played really well. Yeah, and last thing for you, Tim. You know, obviously this Lions team in Detroit is a city. They hadn't had a home playoff game in forever. Uh, that's well documented. Now all of a sudden, because the Cowboys lose, you got two in a row and you're facing – uh, you know, one of the, the lower seeds in the playoffs here is, is the six seed Tampa or sorry, not the six seed, but, you know, Tampa's coming Four, to town as, yeah. as a as a, you know, record wise, they would have been a lot lower if they weren't the yeah, NFC right. South divisional champion. So, uh, you know, a, a lower seeded team that the expectations aren't super high for. I'll put it that way. Um, what is the expectation now in Detroit? Like if they win, what does it mean? And if it does go sideways this weekend, like. Is this all of a sudden not a successful season, or will this team has this team already secured being looked back fondly, no matter what happens from here? Yeah, to me, after coming off nine and eight last year, where they finished eight and two, and and it really came down to the last day, decide if they were going to be in the playoffs or not. I think the goal all the way back in the spring, and I think the goal for everyone involved was win the division, win the NFC North, and you know get a home playoff game and then win a playoff game. And I think if, if they did that, um, then it was successful. Um, now, you know, obviously you've got, you know, bigger goals ahead and everybody's going to be a Green Bay Packer fan on Saturday because if they end up beating uh, San Francisco, now you get the Packers at home in the NFC Championship game. And I can't even begin to imagine what that atmosphere would be like in Detroit if, if that was the case. But look, yeah, I, I think it's a successful season. Even if they lose this week, it'll obviously be very disappointing because you, you feel like you could have went farther. But um, this is a young team, the fourth youngest team in the league to be at this point. So, you know, the, you look at all their stars, all their core guys, first, second, third year guys. Um, so I think they've established something that they can, uh, 
uh, continue going, you know, for, for, for the foreseeable future. And you've got to love that if you're a Detroit Lions fan. But it's a successful season. There'd be disappointment. Certainly you want more because I think it's right there uh, in the grass for them. No doubt. Um, very much looking forward to this game this weekend. Very much hoping uh, that whether it's that home game against the Packers or a trip to San Francisco, that there's at least one more game for the Lions uh, this year. Such a fun team to watch. Tim, thanks so much for joining us uh, during a busy time for you and uh, wishing everybody in Detroit the best this weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoy the games this weekend. All right, that is Tim Twentyman, everybody. Senior writer for the Detroit Lions. You can read his work at Lions. Dot com. A lot of insight on Ben Johnson, a lot of insight on the game. We'll pick the games and break them all down starting at 5.30. We're with you till 6.15 tonight. Then Georgetown Hoops here on the team, 9.80. Uh, more reaction to what Tim said about Ben Johnson next, uh, including a call or two if we want to sneak one of those in 301-230-0980. On a football Friday presented Buy your local Honda dealer experience power, performance, and ruggedness with Honda. See your local Honda dealer. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the team at 980. Always live as well on the free Odyssey app. We are coming to you live on a Football Friday presented by your local Honda dealer and reminding you that coming up on February 2nd, it's 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live. Your favorite DC Sports Radio hosts from the Fan and the Team 980 hit the stage together for a night of sports, debate, laughs, and behind-the-scenes stories. It's 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 Live Friday, February 2nd, at 8 p.m. at the Bethesda Theater. Uh, what will the commanders do in free agency? Who will they select with number two pick in the draft? All these kinds of hot questions. Plus, it's all off air, on stage, and uncensored. So you get all kinds of behind-the-scenes stories for what goes down at these here radio stations. You can get your tickets today at BethesdaTheater.com, and it's presented by Main Street Bank. Cheer local, bank local, put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com for more information. Uh, Anthony, uh, the snow today, when you woke up and saw it, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, how upset were you? Uh... I had mixed reviews. One, I didn't have to go to my other job, so I was happy about that. Okay. Um, I got to, you know, lounge a little bit. I got to make breakfast, uh, kick my feet up, do some PT. But on the other side, I had to go outside in the snow and get all the snow off my car. And I did not have my brush you know, the little brush that makes it easier to get the snow off? Yes. So I had to use my ice scalper or whatever it's called. Scraper. Scraper. Yeah. And get all, manually get all the snow off. So it took me yeah. like did you forever. Have, did you have an ice situation that you had to break through? Or was it just a bunch of snow that you had to scrape off with this scraper? Yeah, with just a bunch of snow. That does really suck. Did you? So I'm very lucky now that we live in a building where I haven't had to I don't have to deal with it. And my old building was actually even better. Like the garage we're in now has like gate is, it's got gates on it. Mm-hmm. And like the, the walls are made of metal gates. So it's open air, but at least it's covered. 
um, my old, our old apartment building, uh, was a, a underground garage. So it was like, <laughs> like I used to, when it was really cold, I would not even put on a jacket when I would come to work because I would walk out of our building, it's go to my garage. car underground, yeah. drive to the office, park in the underground garage at the office and then come up and then come upstairs. And I never had to touch the outdoors. Well, lucky you. Great. Um, but when I lived in Reston for all those years, which is most of my time in DC from 2015 to 2021, um, I just lived in a townhome with like street parking out front and yeah, lots. And, and I was training at like seven in the morning. So I would get up. The first thing I would do in the morning was go down, start my car. First thing, just start my car. And I'm like, I will deal with brush it and like start the, the, not, not the humidifier, but like the, the defroster on the car and just hope that the snow would kind of melt off pretty easy. Um, and that the car would be warm by the time I got in it 20 minutes later to drive to work. But that was, I do not miss those days. I'll put it that way. I remember thinking when I move from here, I'm moving somewhere with a garage, whether that is me moving to another home, whether it's an apartment building, whether it's whatever, I'm moving to a place with a garage. I never want to have to scrape ice off my car again. It's terrible. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there, there are pros and cons to it. Also, <laughs> actually, I thought it was going to take me longer to get to the station than it did. There weren't a lot of cars on the road. No. So, but it's it's scary out there. We, we were talking yeah. to uh, I was talking to my guy David this morning um, before we we worked out, and he was like, "Yeah, like I got lucky because I went to go stop, and my car just skidded. And thank God, like I didn't skid into anybody, and there were no cars parked where I skidded. But like in DC specifically, I, yeah. I'm sure it was better on like some of the like the Beltway and stuff. Yeah, um, the Beltway. Yep. But like within the district, on no, a lot of I mean, it's we're terrible. talking about like on 14th Street." Um, and, and 16th street, like some of the main arteries in the city is pretty slushy and slidey this morning. I almost ate it like five times walking home, like three block walk. And I was like, yikes, not a good time, not Not a good time. And like, we're walking to work out and I realized that I didn't bring a pair of dry socks. Ow. And I also don't have boots anymore, bro. I I used to thing like. When I came, when I was in Syracuse, I was prepared. I of had course. everything: boots, coat, I got a great uh, coat. brush. I got, I got gloves. I got good everything. PD selection. Hey. But I, I threw out my Tims a couple of years ago because they just didn't like. I think they had gotten wet and dried and wet and dried so many times that they shrunk. Oh man! So I just whatever the or I just my foot grew from the time I was in college or I bought I bought a size too small in college and was too stubborn to ever get a different pair and eventually I became an adult and was like. You know, I don't have to smush my foot in these anymore. Nope. Um, and so I threw them out, and I was literally on the, like, the Nike app this morning. I was like, what if I just got a pair of Nike boots? Mm. Wale would be proud. Yes. Nike boots are definitely a staple in the D.C. community. That is what I will say. I myself on. don't own any. but I You own Tim's because you went to Syracuse. Yes. Definitely yeah, got some I mean, Tim's. The that's like part of the uniform up there. Yep. And it ain't because we think it looks cool. <laughs> I wear them because they look cool. I mean, they do look cool, but like them joints also keep your feet dry. Yes, <laughs> which is really what we're talking about here. Um, all right, so I think I think we need we need a weather expert to tell us: Do I need to buy boots, or are we getting our snow out of our system, and I'm good till next year? That's what I need to. Or the next like two. I don't know if we got snow last year. That's, That's how the thing. Unprepared like, I was. I don't want to go spend 
a hundred something dollars on boots if I'm going to wear them once. Like I'll deal with it once or twice. Yeah. If I'm going to have four more snows this season, and that's how it's going to be regularly moving forward, uh-huh. I need to get some boots. Yeah. So, expeditiously. Expeditiously. Uh, all right, it's the Hoffman Show. We talk about sports and sometimes weather here on the Team 980, always live as well in the free Odyssey app. We try not to step on Sheehan's department, though. We know the weather is, is his deal. Uh, our deal, picking games at 530 on Friday. Uh, we will break down each and every NFL playoff game analysis and picks. That is how we wrap up in the final 45 minutes, the next half hour of it uh, here. It's dedicated to the NFL playoffs on the Hoffman Show. Normally, if you hear this uh, song on a Friday, it means Clinton Yates is about to join us. Uh, he sends his apologies. Can't make the show today. Got a lot going on, but should be back with us next week with a shortened show, though. We got plenty to do, including our NFL picks here on the Team 980. Again, if you ever miss any part of the show, you can check it out on demand anytime, anywhere. Maybe Clinton will do that today. He's very, very busy, but he always likes to check out the show. So what he's going to do is going to download the Hoffman Show podcast on his favorite podcast app. You can do the same on yours, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever it is. Perhaps just go ahead the same place you listen live on the free Odyssey app. Our podcast lives there as well. Uh, the video is on YouTube, but the audio uh, makes it nice and easy. And Anthony, uh, tell the folks about the new thing that we got with the podcast, the new the new version of the podcast you uh, you put together every day. Not oh, just a little bit. Are you talking about the full show? I am. Yes. I upload the full show at the end of every day. It is titled Full Show, the day <laughs> of the week, and then the day's date. Yes. Uh, and why is that good? Because if you miss the full show, it's right there. Not multiple podcasts you got to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're like, ah, I know that they did that kind of halfway through the show, that thing that I heard about. I don't want to have to hunt for it. And that has actually been our most downloaded shows the last couple of days. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's great because, I mean, look, we love it's our advertisers. Yeah. Uh, and there are commercials in the podcast. But, you know, you got more control. I'll put it that way. You know, right now, if you're like, hey, man, we came for the NFL picks. I know you got to talk about your podcast. You know you got to take care of the housekeeping things on your radio show. You could have just hit the 15-second forward button until we you hear the NFL music, and then you'd be like, ah, they're in the picks. Now's my time. So, you know, you got that going for you, which is nice. Anthony, I think that means we should probably hit the NFL music now. Yes. Yes, indeed. All right, we'll go chronologically. Last week, uh, Vic was in for Anthony, on, uh, so he's got a record. Uh, he's not going to send his picks. Vic will retire this postseason, uh, barring any future need for substitution for Anthony at three and three. Anthony went two and four. I went four and two on the pick side of it. We got four games this weekend. But Anthony, I will say, what was what was the the regular season difference? Like, what, uh, what did we finish the regular season? Okay, at, so yeah, so you finished nine games uh, ahead of me. Let me turn this down. You finished nine games ahead of me. I did include Wild Card Weekend. Uh, so right now, as it stands, you have an 11-game lead over me. You went 175-99, and I went 164-110. and 110. You so didn't even there, get to 100 myths games. It's pretty impressive, I, right? Thank you. Um, so by my math, there are four games this weekend, two the next weekend, one Super Bowl. That is seven games remaining. I have a nine-game lead. Anthony, that means I've clinched the picks championship again for the 2024 or 2023 2024 season. 
Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to dethrone you. Maybe I need to. No, I'm telling you mathematically, I you can't. Oh yeah, not 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 this year, next year. Yeah, next, that's what I was, next year we. You I was looking ahead now for yeah. doing better, coming up with a different strategy, like picking the correct team that's going to win. Yeah. Um, but I just like to say I'd like to thank. Uh, bad bad spreads, for some key wins, uh, a public that's on the wrong side. Kevin Sheehan for informing me of that strategy. And definitely got some smelly fish. You, you other other intuition of knowing football. That's that's who I'd like to thank. And with that, let's see if we can close strong. Texans and Ravens. Baltimore nine and a half point favorites at home up at M&T Bank Stadium. C.J. Stroud and company coming off their ginormous win on Wild Card Weekend. But the Ravens have been the ultimate buzzsaw all year long. They have destroyed essentially all comers. I will say, this Texans team does not care. They are young. They are scrappy. They are fearless. I also think they're not good enough. Give me the Baltimore Ravens, especially at home. Yeah, I'm definitely going with the Ravens as well. Even though they will be without Marlon Humphrey, um, he's a key piece in the back end of their defense. Uh, but I still just think they have just too much, um, too much Lamar. The defense is, is as stout as you know any defense in the league. Um, yeah, I'm their going defense with the is pretty fascinating. Guys. To me, like obviously McDonald's a great coordinator and it's why he's getting looked at for head coach jobs around the NFL right now. But mm-hmm. I, I think the thing that's I don't know, cool, whatever the word is about their defense is the linebacker position has been devalued. Right. And part of the reason it's been devalued is not because it's actually not important. It's because playing linebacker in the NFL is so freaking hard that almost nobody does it well. So you're better off trying to get great corners, great safeties, great defensive front players, and hoping you kind of get lucky, a la the Colts with Zaire Franklin at linebacker, and Z's obviously a game changer for them. But like scouting him, nightmare is why he's you know why his draft position was what it was, right? Uh, in hindsight, Z's a first or second round pick, second round pick at absolute worst. Um, but if if you're like redoing that draft, but realistically the production and the stuff you need from linebackers is easier to find and, and to really excel at that position like a Fred Warner or a Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen is extremely difficult. And what the Ravens did was go, that's great. We know that if we get it right, that it, it's the ultimate game changer. I mean, there's no, it's, it's no mistake that the defenses that are thriving that are left in this playoffs have great linebacker play. Queen and, and Roquan in Baltimore, Warner and Greenlaw in San Francisco. Um, you look at what the Lions did in drafting Jack Campbell, overdrafted. But, like, they knew if he's the right guy, he can make everyone around him better. And so I, I think that it was a cool embrace. And they were very smart with who they targeted, unlike what Washington did when they drafted Jamin in the first round years ago and just kind of fell in love with the physical talent. Um, and that has made them what they are defensively. So how does that match up with C.J. Stroud? We'll see. Um, that Texans running game, we'll see. Can Slowick manipulate those guys? We'll see. But ultimately, I think Baltimore probably uh, is going to take this thing home. 
Yeah, I agree, man. <laughs> I agree for everything you, think, you just said. Do you think they cover? The Texans? Nine and a half. It's a, I think it's a playoff game, man. I, I don't I don't know. I, I feel as though every team or majority of the teams that the, the Ravens have played, they've dominated. So I could definitely see them going out there. I think they do. I, I think I the Ravens. I think I like the Ravens covering. I yeah, like, no, I, I, I could see them pulling away at the end. I think this yeah. will be a close game for a little bit. I don't know if it's a blowout from Go, no. but I do think eventually the Ravens pull away. I think the night game, uh, both number one seeds playing on Saturday. That game is. 4.30 on ESPN, ABC, and ESPN+. Plus. 8.15 Saturday night on Fox. You got Packers and 49ers. I think this one could get ugly early. I think San Francisco mm. wins in a land, not in a landslide, but like I think San Francisco wins scoring 35-plus points. The weather is not going to be a factor here. It's going to be partly cloudy and 62 degrees in San Francisco. And I, I think that, like, I know, I know they were up by a lot, and you don't want to read too much into, hey, they were up by a lot um, you know, defensively for the Packers, then they gave up a ton of points. But they did ultimately give up a lot of stuff last week to Dallas. It took Dallas a long time to get going, but I feel like that had a lot more to do with Dallas than it did Green Bay. I think the San Francisco offense can put up a lot of points on this Packers defense. The Packers' uh, offense is good, but they will have a better plan than than Dallas did, and they are better built to defend it. They have more stars and playmakers all over the place. The pass rush is, is probably better suited to go up against this Green Bay offense. And obviously, Kyle knows this offense really well, uh, as do uh, as does Steve Wilkes going against it in practice every day. So um, it's very similar, obviously, what they do in Green Bay and San Francisco. So I just think San Francisco's got way too much talent, and I think Joe Barry's defense is going to be the demise of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, great run, proud of their season, dangerous team moving forward. Not winning this one, in my humble opinion. Uh, I agree with you. I think the success that the Green Bay Packers had on the ground last week against Dallas was due to Dallas's lack thereof of linebacker play you that we were just talking about you know with the Roquans and the Patrick Queens of the world you have to in the playoffs and we were talking to Z about it yesterday you have to be able to you know stop the run and I think the 49ers they have what it takes and having a guy like Fred Warner also makes it a lot easier on um on the defense as a whole and I think the Packers can really only get off if they establish the run uh and allow that to be able to set up the pass and I think they're just gonna have so much trouble um getting the run going. So I could I could see this one also getting out of hand, but I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be close early and then uh I think um the 49ers will be able to pull away because the Packers will be have to will have to drop back and I don't think that's their uh their forte. Yeah, I mean good luck also running it in the way that like Dallas was pretty easy to run on. San Francisco, not so much. Pro Bowl. Um, they have too many Pro Bowlers also on the defensive front. Because Javon, <laughs> I think he's a Pro Bowler, and then you got Nick Bosa. They just have so much talent. All and their over. linebackers are fast and murder you. Yep. Like Aaron Jones gonna get smacked a couple times. He'll get back <laughs> up and he'll he'll deliver a blow too. Yeah. Aaron Jones is a good, really good football player, but um, if they have Dylan this week, that would be very helpful to have kind of the the ability to rotate those guys. Dylan mm -hmm. a bit more of a bruiser, but you know. 
I, I think the the game flow thing that you said is is correct as well. Um, you know, how many games has Jordan Love had been 16 of 19 with three touchdown passes and 300 yards? A lot. They don't want to pass the ball 30 times. It's not how they win. All right, Sunday, 3 p.m., Buccaneers-Lions in Detroit. Lions favored by six and a half. A lot of smack talk back and forth this week. C.J. Gardner-Johnson not knowing who the Bucks receivers are. Baker Mayfield saying, hey, dude, you might want to watch some more tape. Uh, that dude doesn't play for us anymore. Uh, but by and large, I do think the Detroit Lions are a better team. They already beat them once this year. Um, and as Tim Twentyman joined us earlier from Detroit and reminded us, they did that without a lot of their best players. Goff, unbelievable year, 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns, 12 picks. I mean, they just have so many weapons, from, and they know how to use them. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Reynolds has been or was awesome last week. Um, they just have too many guys, and their offensive line is, is great. I think the Bucks' defensive line presents a really interesting challenge. But I think at the end of the day, like Detroit will be able to find a way, even if it takes them a second, to pull away and and set up what I think will be an epic showdown between them and the 49ers on championship weekend. This one, I'm torn. Ah. Part of me really wants to see the Buccaneers go out here and win. I I think they're the – obviously, they're the Cinderella of everybody that's left remaining in the, uh, the playoffs right now. Um, they're definitely being overlooked by everybody. They're coming in as the underdogs in most of these situations. Redemption for the NFC South, says Anthony. Can they do it? Ah, I don't think they can. I, I would love for them to go out there and win, but I just think it's going to be too much golf, too much Amon Raw, too much Jameer Gibbs. I just think what, what, what the Lions have on the offensive side of the ball is just going to be too much to withstand um, from Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Bucks. Even though they did get home a lot last week against Jalen Hurts, I just think Ben Johnson, he's going to be able to draw stuff up to get the ball out of Jared Goff's hand, and that's what he's done all season. So I think just too much uh, offense for the Bucs. I mean, yeah, too much offense. Yeah, I I think Laporta's big in this game because, you know, Tampa does have some good corners, et cetera. Um, But I I do think that, you know, can you get the the matchup nightmare in Laporta – going then you have to dedicate extra resources to him then your run game gets going like manipulation of how tampa um deploys their safeties now they have some of the best safeties in the league specifically antoine winfield jr mm-hmm. um so it's it's an interesting matchup tampa can win this game like don't get it twisted tampa at their best is really dangerous um but i think this is like there's a couple factors here detroit does have both coordinators interviewing and sometimes you know some people in the league think sometimes that gets in the way like are is your attention split is ben johnson's attention split is aaron glenn's attention split and i think this is a huge game for aaron glenn like can you heat up baker can you generate some turnovers um do you have an answer for mike evans kate otten's a, a pretty talented tight end so I, there are questions to be answered, but also Baker's been on a heater, and is it Baker going to continue the heater, or is Baker going to come back crashing down mm. with a law of averages game and, and Detroit wins this by 20? I think every possibility is pretty much on the table. Atmosphere, by the way, is going to be electric. Not that I think Tampa's mature enough to handle it, but that is going to be a fun game to watch on Sunday afternoon. And then the nightcap, Chiefs. And Bills, because, of course, it's Man. Chiefs and Bills. This time, the Bengals aren't waiting somewhere in the wings, um, as has been the case for seemingly the last five years. 
some combination of those three teams. But the Chiefs coming off a game, I mean, these two teams both coming off frigid cold games. It's going to be cold again, this time a balmy 20 degrees in Orchard Park. But it's a 6.30 kickoff, so it's probably going to get colder there in western New York as the game goes. And, you know, this game might really just come down to, like, which receiving group catches the ball better. And, you know... Sometimes it's the, the the fundamentals, the blocking, the tackling, the throwing, and the catching, Anthony. And if Rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey and, uh, you know, Kadarius Toney and, and whoever else uh, it's getting footballs from Patrick Mahomes can just catch the freaking thing, Chiefs got a chance. Uh, same thing on the other side. Bills have had problems at times this year catching the ball from Josh Allen, although not lately as they've been on a tear down the stretch. I think the other interesting thing matchup-wise Bills are without Gabe Davis. He was ruled out. He's their big X receiver. He takes care of a lot of dirty work and is obviously a huge big play threat. Is his absence enough with how good the Chiefs defense is to turn this game back in Kansas City's favor on the road? I was literally just looking at that. You have Stephon Diggs, of course. You have your two tight ends, Dawson Knox, uh, Dalton Kincaid. And then you have Shakir. Is it? Is, is that your second best – is that who you're leaning on? I mean, they're uh, going to lean on Josh Allen, his legs, and, you know, the fact that he can make anyone serviceable. But, yeah, that's kind of what you're looking at. Khalil Shakir, Trent Sherfield, Deontay Hardy, who's a, obviously a phenomenal punt returner. But I think they'll probably get into tight end looks a lot. Like, they'll just – they'll say, hey, you know, it's it's Diggs, it's – I think it's, it's Cook. I, I th- Cook, I think, I th- it's – yeah. I think he's going to be the X factor uh, – um, in this game, and the the last time these two teams played, he went off. He he was uh, very useful out of the backfield. Um, and then also, I think as of late, we've been seeing a lot more James Cook. And I think Josh Allen and you know uh, McDermott, they've understood that. Yes, you have Josh Allen, but you're you're going to be even stronger if you have a run game. And I think lately they've been utilizing uh, James Cook, and he's you know he he showed up and he's produced. So I think if they can establish him early and often, get him uh, some touches, I think that'll bow well. But I think definitely think but that's uh, the tough ch- because like good luck running at Chris Jones, bro. Good luck running at him, Nick Bolton. Like they're yeah. stout on the the defensive they're side great. for the Chiefs. So and they're it's fifty fifty man. Pretty healthy. It's it's fifty um, fifty. Derek Noddy, their their defensive tackle is out. Uh, the guy who plays opposite of Chris Jones inside, um, but. Other than that, they're pretty healthy. Taylor Rapp is also out for Buffalo. I think Kansas City gets in a lot of two tight end stuff too, and it's like, you know, okay, you, you're without one of your 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 third safety who's really important for them, kind of a mm-hmm. Buffalo nickel kind of role. So, um, you know, you get Pacheco out there with Rice and, and Watson and then two tight ends, Kelsey, Noah Gray, and and you go from there, and, and you can run out of that, you can pass out of that, like, there's a lot of different options, and you know Pacheco, Edwards, Alaire, like these guys have been there, done that in the playoffs, and I think I think you're going to see a more run-heavy Kansas City team, and then try to hit some stuff off of play action, and without Matt Milano, without Rap, like some of their their guys, like I think this is a really, like that's the plan, that's the way forward for Kansas City. The problem is Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. And I kind of feel like this is the year that Buffalo finally does it. The vibes have been just slightly off in Kansas City all year. They've never quite gotten the offensive thing figured out. I'm still not convinced that they did last week, even though they they you know put up some points against Miami. I think that had a lot to do with Miami. 
and Buffalo's at home. I'm gonna. Oh, I hate this. I hate picking. It is fifty-fifty, Craig. I, 50. I like every fiber of my being <laughs> hates hates picking against the Chiefs mm-hmm. because I'm picking against the guy who's better at playing quarterback than anyone I've ever seen play quarterback, and that's not me saying he's the best ever, but he's legitimately on the way. I think he pa- like if he wins this game, he has more playoff wins before thirty than Brady did. Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, is 29 years old. I don't think like this is his last shot before he turns 30. Let me double-check that real quick. But Patrick Mahomes is 28. He'll be 29 in next year's playoffs. And if he wins this year or this, this game, he's got more playoff wins than Brady did before 30. This dude is the best guy I've ever seen play quarterback. And picking against him, feel stupid every time especially in the playoffs but i'm gonna pick the buffalo bills you're picking the bills i'm torn too craig i'm torn too i don't even think it's necessarily going to come down to josh allen versus patrick mahomes i think patrick mahomes a lot of the the chiefs wins have come. i already want to change my pick oh already nah don't come over here now because guess what i'm going with the chiefs I'm going. I, I was going to go opposite wherever you were going. <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs, um, and I just think, again, they were literally a Kadarius Tony toe away from beating the Bills earlier well, this season. That's also in my mind as like that game was at Arrowhead. Yep. This one's at Buffalo. At, and I could play. I could play the psychology both ways, right? I, I just, could say, hey, the the Chiefs want to prove that that was that was a stupid call and a uh-huh. stupid fluke, and like yep. actually they're the better team. But I could say, hey, the Bills, the Bills. If I'm if I'm Sean McDermott, I'm in that locker room. Like, you know what Andy Reid's over there saying right now? You know what Travis Kelsey's over there saying right now? Hey, we sh- we won that last game. They made a dumb call against us. Look, today we're gonna prove that we're better. And you wanna know what? Here's the sad thing that they don't know yet, but they're about to find out. We're better. Let's mm. go prove it. Ah! <laughs> Is that how you will break? Out they well no I was I had to I had to become I was an actor oh, okay, I had to okay. become the I'm rest bad. of the team all in one person yeah but that's what I that would be my pregame message is like they think they got screwed let's show them we're just straight up better and so you can play that game both ways but I'm gonna go Buffalo I'm even though every fiber of my being is telling me to switch the pick I, the I pick against Mahomes last week and I always tell myself never pick against Mahomes I'm not doing it this week. Same, but if there's one guy who can, who's good, you know, Mahomes is more consistent. But the yeah. one dude who can actually maybe do some stuff that Patrick doesn't is is Allen. Yep. Uh, and we'll see. He seems like he's on a mission uh, this latter half of the season. All right, those are the picks. That is the analysis, and that is almost our show. Uh, we have 15 minutes left in the program. Of 20 minutes left in the program ahead of a 6:15 stop tonight. Georgetown Hoops here on the team 980. We wrap things up with a recap of the top story. Ben Johnson interviewing with the commanders today. And real things, real people said, into real microphones, including saying goodbye, but also hello to an American sporting legend. That is next on the team 980.